Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. I'm glad to see everybody's still staying strong with the no barbershop. Shout out to y'all. No, I, ain't doing it. Nah, I got tomorrow. one cut. I got, I got a cut, got but a, they just closed the barbershop, so it's a, it's a wrap for me. I got a I got a panel yeah. tomorrow, so I'm gonna be up at the shop. Fuck that. Puff, yeah. Puff shut down the studio again, huh? Well, yeah, yeah. They 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 uh-huh. announced that shit this afternoon. I was actually I was actually planning on getting a cut um today actually tonight. Cause, cause I'm on, doing um, I'm doing um basketball starters, so I was like, yo, let me get a fresh cut for that. <laughs> Y'all then, wildin', man. Y'all wildin'. Did you get a fresh cut for watch? They close it down. Um, yo, Bo about to get braids. <laughs> let me say, I taught that shit though. I went yeah. to my brother's house. No, we I had to get it trimmed up a little bit because I had never entertained the possibility that this would continue. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like that was never what it was gonna be. <laughs> Yeah, so hey man, it's some, I'm in it's the crib. Some false, it's some false dreams out here, Bo. My homie that works for Converse, right? He's been bald for like five years, bro, right? Not but he's Stelly? been, yeah, Stelly. So Stelly's oh. been wearing like this t shirt wrap, like on his head, like kind of crazy. So he had the nerve to post on Instagram with the like, the, 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 um, like voting shit. He's like, should I get braids? I said, nigga, you don't look like Jerry Rice, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) That's the fear. Like, you can't get too ambitious with this. And the worst thing about Jerry Rice was it would be different if Jerry Rice had just got the braids. But he had braids. He had the twist. Like, he did the whole midlife crisis kit. And so no matter which one of them you might try, you will be Jerry Rice. He had the earring in one ear. Yeah. My whole like anyway. So like I like he could fuck up my whole situation. <laughs> I'm, see, I'm starting to discover right now at 35, my roof's starting to like lighten up. So I'm like, 
should I come? Should I should I come home now, or nah, should I Kobe, some time. or should I just Kobe blend this shit into like our? Yo, you know, Kobe had Kobe did the best job of all time of holding on. Nobody think, helped better. That nigga playing game was going backwards. Because it's, backwards the shape, and, it's the shape of his head because his head sloped back. It already looked like his hairline was like naturally not further back, but it's just that everyone thought his forehead sloped, so it's like you didn't notice. So as it's moving back, he's cutting it down. You can't tell the difference really. It's it really quite genius. It was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> It's all, but also like he took advantage of his God-given gift, which was a of slo- sloping forehead, and right? and six six, right? Like, yeah, right. Six, Most six, people can't six, see six. up there anyway. That's the <laughs> thing. If, if you're if you're above six feet, you can get you can kind of hide that shit a little bit. Now, Bron, he's messed up because camera angles and he's on TV too much. Shit. It's a wrap for him. Yeah. He's too much cameras he's, on he's you, still, fam. You, you we with the jigs up. This his right. problem is the shape of his head. Like, yep. if we're being real about this, like, while I'm looking at you right now, you don't have a head shape that is but so conducive to taking it all the way down. But LeBron shit is even more of a rectangular situation. Yep. It, right? And it's big. Like, <laughs> like try to imagine him with dome. the shaved head. <laughs> yeah, like, try to imagine him with the shaved head. It's much easier to imagine him balding and that shit just cul-de-sacking around. You can see that, though. Like, imagine him in a flannel, like, plaid shirt, you know what I'm saying? And with that color sack going around as a glass, you telling me you can't see it all go together? Oh man, so that's, a, that's a nasty. When thought. he first trimmed it down and tried to give it a shot for some low for the low cut, um, Tristan Thompson. I mean, Tr- Tristan Thompson was like, "Yo, he was so insecure and like such an asshole to everybody at the time because everybody was making jokes that he couldn't handle it. So like, because he has like a massive head, like his head is not like." Where you could pull off the Michael Jordan silhouette and kind of, <laughs> kind of pull it off and just kind of surprise people like Ray Allen, and he just couldn't handle it. So he's going to hang on until, you know, he can't. I mean, I'm just amazed that all these men, other so. cats can get appropriate technology to take care of it, and he can't. Like that's the part <laughs> that gets me. His cats out here cheating every day, making it happen. Yeah, his shit looks does look like a carpet, bro. Like straight <laughs> up, <laughs> like. So I, t- I talked to, I. I I, I talked to a doctor and he told me the problem is LeBron got his shit like right before the next leap in technology happened. He's like right after he got his, like they came up with the new one, which is they don't take, they don't take a skin graft anymore. They take individual hairs and then they plant them. And it takes, he said it takes about six months and he's like, I won't lie to you that six month period. You're going to look crazy. But by the end of it, you do have actual growing hairs up front, like your hairline is restored and it's natural and it doesn't, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, Karan Butler or whatever. But you see, I said, then why did LeBron do it? Like LeBron got his done right before that shit got approved. So he got the 1080p, right? Exactly. And everybody else is out here <laughs> rocking that 4K. 4K. Yeah. Yep. He's done. That's a, that's a, that is always a horrible break, by the way. It's a shame, man. Like, if you think about it, you got all the money, all the connections in the world, and like, and you shot too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and you were just love a little broker. That's the crazy thing about it is hair is a real life currency, bro. That's wild. Like, he got that man is up, up, bro. and still caring about what people think, bro. I watch, I watch like movies and TV shows from the 80s, and like, it was so apparent to me that people didn't care back then, man. 
they True. like the, we gotta the bring, women. We got to bring it back, man. Stop. It's nah. us, though. It's the black people nah. shaming the hairlines, bro. Yes, it is. It is. The ultimate flex of white privilege, aside from being able to do whatever dance you want, is that you can just lose your hair in whatever undignified fashion that you want, <laughs> but it be your own people. And it's Michael Jordan's fault. Once Michael Jordan was like, look, this is what you can do. That's what everybody then had to do, right? Like it, it wasn't always this way. Yeah, you could like you could still be out here and like be the Mac. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you could still be or the George man. Jefferson. Yeah. yeah, but you could still like like your hairline running back in the day. I don't feel like they used to get cracked on it the same way because otherwise they wouldn't have kept doing it. Bro, Republican, Republican thought- John Lewis shit. His whole roof was gone, bro. He was out here married, living a happy life, bro. <laughs> was happy and all that. I said, Yo. man. I'm, t- I'm gonna tell you. I told you guys the Ray Allen story, right? Ray Allen said, "I said Ray you used to have the strongest hairline." And then one day we looked up and you were bald. What happened? He said, "It, it was a two-part process." He said he, they went and played at Cleveland, and you know how when you go to the arena, they got pictures of old players there, and he saw a picture of World Beef, and he said. Mm-hmm. That will never happen to me. He, he made it. He made up his mind on that day. The day I see a one percent like loss, I'm going hundred percent. I'm not even gonna risk it. Smart. Yeah. So then, he, so he says. Literally that same season, they're playing. Um, they're playing in uh, L.A. at the All Star Weekend, and he he cuts his own hair. He shapes himself up. So he shaped himself up for the All Star game, and he looked in the mirror. And he's like, nah, like he saw the line was not where it usually is. And boop, after that, he came out of All-Star Weekend, ball head and never looked back. Yo, World Be Free is a gold standard on this because like Clyde Drexler is a gold standard, World Be Free. I feel like Chuck Person was the last of them who would just wait too long between cuts and you would realize like kind of what his situation was. But like when I decided to do this, I thought I was going to look like Clyde Drexler. Like I was calling it the Drexler. And I kind of wonder how Clyde feels about it. because That's thing a was, sick swag, man. No, but the thing about Clyde was Clyde's came right to that point. Like he was on some straight Dracula. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it was just so like perfect. And it did not fit the fact that he was like jumping over people. <laughs> Yo, it's no, and, and you know what's funny is uh, when he when it started to go first, he had that tuft that stayed right there, right while everything else was bald. Then the tuft went away. Then he just turned into like uh, what was my man, the, the guy that was ahead of the uh, Republican National Convention, black dude. Michael oh. Steele, Michael Steele, Michael Steele. Then he turned into Michael Steele, where it was just like the hairs was laid down over here, but then the rest of this was bald. And then finally, like I think when he was in Houston, he finally said, "All right, let's get rid of it." All right, that's a nice uh, rolling start. To, hold on, <laughs> to hold on. by the way, though, do you know the best fun fact about uh, Michael Steele? Who his former brother-in-law is? Who? No, Michael Aaron Tyson. No, no way. way. Mike wow. Steele's twin sister married Mike Tyson after he got out the bang. Oh, my God. So it's funny because at <laughs> some point, Michael Steele was running for governor, which is this tricky thing in Maryland because Maryland has so many black people. But Michael Steele is a Republican. And so I just imagine like Mike offering to help Michael Steele campaign and Michael Steele try to decide whether this is what he wants to do. Right. Because this could really help. But like. He had just got out the bang. Like, like it is not like, like this is from after the Indianapolis thing, right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, she a pen pal? How did that great work? Great question. Because she's like a doctor or something like that. Like, I had all the questions about how it is that you that she wound up married to Mike Tyson. That's a good question, though. Do you, does 
is the juice worth the squeeze if you're running for governor, right? If your problem is the black vote, right? But you're a black Republican voting, like you already. I mean, I feel like when you are a black Republican, you can never really quite count on the white vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I tell you this though, my man, what is South Carolina? <laughs> like, I keep trying to explain to people that in the end of this election, like if you want a there is no racism in America argument, it is entirely possible that South Carolina could have two black senators, one of them a Republican and one of them a Democrat. And if that happens, I gotta say, I'm running low on I'm running low on arguments, baby. <laughs> like I don't I don't really I don't really know what to throw back at you. <laughs> Oh man! All right, let's. let's Michael get Steele's it sister, by the way, pretty nice. <laughs> nice. Yo, I like give me a. Oh uh, no, let's not do that. No, all right, no, well, do that at all. We're not going to do that. <laughs> give me She's a name. Nice. Give me a name so I can Google it. Um, Monica Turner. Monica Turner. All right. Hey, Trey. Yo, what's up? As you can see, you know we we do we record these pods on video now, but as you can see. I have not gotten a haircut since the beginning of the, the COVID. Trey, I haven't shaved my beard or my mustache. I haven't even trimmed them since the beginning of the COVID. But Trey, you know one thing that I have done religiously, regularly? I've been using my Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 kit to keep everything below the belt looking proper because I know one day the COVID will end and I'm going to be out there and I don't want any sort of reactions like, oh my gosh, because with Manscaped, the least you can do is make sure that everything is in control. I don't have a hairy chest. Trey, do you have a hairy chest? Nah, man. Yeah. Shouts to Manscaped. I, I keep it clean. Yeah, I, like I don't have a hairy chest naturally, so that's not a concern for me. But I know, for instance, our buddy Tom Havistro, who you can listen to on Packing Knives, he's got a hairy chest. And his wife went crazy when he used the Manscaped to clean up that situation because it's just different, right? Like it's different when you got like, by the way, it may, it shows off the muscles a little bit better, man. You just do a couple push-ups, you got a nice clean chest. I'm telling you. It makes an impression. And Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They forever change the game with the Perfect Package 3.0 that I mentioned earlier. It comes with the Lawnmower 3.0, which is a waterproof cordless body trimmer. And they got a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. You can uh, adjust settings to get a length you like. If you don't want to make it clean, you can just trim it down. Hell, if you want to do the Kimbo Slice, and make an arrow out of your chest here. You can do that too. And also be sure to use the crop cleanser to keep your hair and skin healthy. It's an all-in-one formula. So it's good for healthy chest hair as it is for your skin. Um, inside the perfect package, you also find the crop preserver. Manscaped gives you an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day. And finally, you'll find the crop reviver a testy toner that's designed to give you a pep in your step. This is the deal. We always ask you to support us because when you support the people who support us and support these sponsors, obviously it helps the company, helps us continue to give you new content. Like for instance, the Wednesday Sermon with Naima. Like for instance, Woke Bros with Waz. And like for instance, coming soon, growing up the same with Black Trey. Stay tuned for that. 
But in order for that to happen, want you guys to support the people who support us like Manscaped, but also support yourself, man. This is a great deal. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, $39 value add, and the patented high-performance reduced shaving Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BOM at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BOM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com and use the code BOM. Trim your testicles with the testicles and also your testicles. All right, welcome to Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name's Amino Hassan. Right there is Big Waz. We got Black Trey. We got Big Jerv. And we got special guests from The Right Time with Bomani Jones. Bomani Jones joins us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Bo, for making some time for us in these troubling times when I'm sure your services are in very much high demand. They, yes, yes, I am. Um... I, f- I feel appreciated. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, guys, Bo was the one that told me a long time ago. He said, you're on ESPN and you think, oh, man, people know who I am. I've got this big social media following. I go out, like, in the streets and TSA agents and construction workers and all. Hey, what's going on? I love you. on He said, it ain't nothing like when you go on one of them other networks and you realize, Oh, it's a whole different audience and it's a whole different world. Uh, Bo, since you've been doing the other network circuit, have you experienced kind of like an explosion in popularity and does it keep going or does it level out after a point? Yeah. Cause it's interesting. Cause I used to do that stuff and then kind of stopped for a little while. The world got a little bit different. And so the appearances were a little fewer and far between, shall we say? In fact, I got one uh, tonight after we do this. Um, but yeah, no, the, the response that you get after doing that is, yeah, no, it's, it's a whole lot of people that just be sitting around watching the news. A lot of them. Facts. They, they have all. It's just on all day on a loop. Yes. Yeah. Like I don't like, I'm not inclined to watch cable news and I'm like, damn near 40 and not married right like i ain't spent that much time living with other people especially married people apparently they just turn it on whatever their favorite news network is and they just let that thing run all night like a good album <laughs> hey another yeah, thing Bo, we want to um congratulate you on the new contract brother it's, uh, it's always nice let, when, when let, a brother's getting his paper back up i love it let me, let me hold a dollar yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, just, I would just like to remind you that extension and raise are not synonyms. <laughs> like, I've appreciated all the well wishes. I've had to keep a job. People have been like, yeah, boy, you got that bag. I'm like, hey, bag. I got so, I, there's hey, a bag in the house for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's steady, I, like, which is all we I, care about. I hate that that's actually become a thing, though. Black people in the bag, like. Because everything's the bag now. Like yeah. we we gotta we gotta change the language on the bag. Yeah, but I blame know, DJ Khaled. No, but the thing about working at ESPN though, and I just have to keep this in mind, is that so much of our job is talking about other people's money yeah. and their contracts and stuff. Like it's the wildest thing in the world to me that people like really follow and care about a press release about me getting a contract extension. And for as far as I can tell, nobody pays attention to this at any other network in the world except for this one. Uh, that's my question, because every time one of these press releases come out, I always say to myself, do you have to do it? Can you say, no, nah, I don't want a press release? Or is it is it kind of like, you know, we're going to do this regardless of whether you have a comment or not? 
Well, on this one, um, I wasn't so sure that this is what I wanted to do. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, the big change between this contract and last contract is last time they was put out a press release, they was like, yo, look who's getting a TV show. And this one has, look who used to have that TV show, right? And I wasn't like, I didn't feel the need. I guess all my, my thought was I didn't want it to look like I felt like we needed to, like, convinced the world that I hadn't got fired, even though I was on TV like three, four times a week. Right. Like, so I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really know if that's the way that I want to go about doing it. But they were like, nah, we, you know, that was a message that they wanted to give to the world for whatever reason. So like, I guess you could fight it, but I'll be honest with you. I don't know what your situation at a company has to be that you're willing to expend legitimate capital to stop a press release to come out from, you know, from telling people that you got a job. Like, are you really willing to expend something on that? Nah, probably not. And for me, it was cool because, like, you know, it's good to have a day of people saying something nice to you. Yeah, I guess. I, I always I always wonder about that. Like, what I want, I don't know. I want I want people to just wonder, like, well, how long is this deal? Like, you know, it's, 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 like I say, how is it like I have no idea how long Don Lemon's contract is? Or I guess nobody knows how long yeah. mine is either. But like I don't know these things when they roll over for anybody else. And I might guess it, yeah, I, my guess is our audience is just so um, accustomed to thinking about people's contracts and how long they're going to be somewhere that I guess they have more of an interest in it. So, you know, these things come out like that. Do, do you have any feelings about when it is broke, when the news is broken prior to a press release, when an Andrew Marchand or, or someone of that nature breaks the news? Do you have any feelings either way about that? I just can't believe anybody cares. Right, like that's not well. Cool. People care because, bro, they you know, people, yeah. especially people on the internet who want to argue with you all day. They want to yeah. know how much money you're making so that yes. you know how they do. Yeah, but I can't. I'm. I am still surprised that enough people care that somebody can get paid to like keep up mm, with to be what, a beat. That's yeah, yeah, beat. yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's a beat, and there's a competition on the beat. Like that. That I mean, that to me, I just I'm surprised that people are that interested. I would also make the note though that it is kind of a illustrative experience to be in this position because I have a much better handle on how often people get things wrong. Like I read the stuff about me and I'm like, ah, nope, that wasn't exactly <laughs> it. Nope, I didn't do that. Hey, maybe you should have called me first because that's the big one I noticed. And that's what's wild to me is that it is journalists covering their peers and not doing stuff like calling and checking with you. Fair. Uh, speaking of kind of, the news that breaks that kind of makes you go hum. Uh, we were talking before we, I don't know if it's going to make the show or not, but we were talking earlier about, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of being a black Republican <laughs> running in a black state or whatever. Uh, and within that context, we have the news that came out last week that the man in the red hat, uh, Pastor Red Hat, whose name should not be spoken, uh, is planning on a presidential race. Uh, we're getting entering the presidential race. Oh, that guy. And yes, that guy. there's only one pastor red hat. There's only one person who could tell you that slavery is a choice and then have a, a sermon and have a bunch of black people say, oh, my God, he found Jesus. We're going to forgive him <laughs> for saying that slavery was a choice. And so uh, some highlights of <laughs> some highlights of kind of the, the the direction he's going with this. Is, and hold on, just to be sure, this is the uh, interview he gave to Forbes, right? Yes, which I think is really telling credibility with that, bro. I mean, sure. it's, 
It's Forbes, it but it, I think it says a lot that Kanye's like, no, I want to talk to Forbes because you know he's on his whole, you know, yeah. but the numbers ultra, are so manipulated, man. Shit. And like so he many knows what he's doing every time, that. man. But you know here's the thing: was? it wasn't just anybody at Forbes; it was the chief of content. That's what insulted me about it: is that you, the chief of content, is on the phone with Kanye asking him about Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that was yo, y'all y'all killed y'all killed I'm, my build up. I'm, wanted, I'm also I'm bad. also tired of that whole Wakanda I, thing right now. Bro. I wanted I wanted to name the, the highlights were things like Elon Musk is his advisor. He's already picked the vice presidential candidate, but he won't, won't tell us who it is. Uh he's never voted in his life. Oh. Uh he thinks that to say, the man who said the slavery is a choice says to say that the black vote is democratic is a form of racism and white supremacy. And finally, he envisions a White House organizational model based on the secret country of Wakanda and Black Panther. Where does one begin? Um, first of all, should he be taken seriously? Are there enough idiots? No. 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 But there are also not enough idiots. No. He's, he's like, uh, that's the other part. There's not enough idiots. So, okay. When's the last time one of y'all went to a Kanye West concert? I've never seen it. Watch the throne. Okay. You got to watch the throne. So I've seen Kanye. I saw Kanye on the Life of Pablo tour. All right. Mm. Is that is that when the the thing was moving across yes, the floor? Yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let me tell you. Let me tell you about that thing moving across, right? So my homeboy calls me and he's like, "Yo, man, um, I got floor seats to see Kanye. You trying to get on him? I got. I bought four. I, should, I meant to get two. You you want to get the other two? And I said, "Cool." And so we go, and I'm like, "Yo, floor seats. All right." So I asked my man, "I'm there." I'm like, "Yo, so what's the seat numbers?" And we look at the tickets and there ain't no seat numbers. <laughs> and so what we are doing, and I'm like, oh, man, we is all too old to be down there. There is no seat. You're just on the floor. And Kanye's on this stage that swings across over you. And every time the, the stage swings, people run to go to the other side. And I asked my man, I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, well, the floor seats were cheaper than the stage, you know, than the, than the other ones. So I figured I'd get them. That means you need to inquire about Why? what it is. And so basically, I felt like Kanye owed me money because I felt like I was a prop in the concert. But anyway, on the ground with me as we were running around with the stage, anybody who thinks it's black folks that are under the Kanye spell is crazy. It wasn't no black people at that concert. There were no black people in line. Like it was all white folks, like every of single course. bit of it. Kanye's what, like 44, 45 years old almost at this point. And people act like he's going to sway, like he's going to stop the people from voting for Joe Biden. No. Really? No. Yeah, he's bugged. No. And 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 all he has to do is open his mouth, right? Like it, he's gonna talk, and people are gonna be like, "All right, this isn't actually viable in any real way." Like he's a dumb. And also, we know this is part of a rollout. This is what he does right. every time. You saw the footage pop up of him playing video games. I think with Travis Scott. It's like, oh my god, look at Kanye being a normal human being. Like it's the same rollout. Every single time, try to stoke controversy, try to get people to talk about him. And then he's going to be like, all right, I'm coming out with this album. It's dedicated to this. Um, he just recently put out that thing with his uh, with his mom. I don't know if it's a song or something about his mom rapping or whatever. Like, we, it's always a, a stupid rollout. He's not actually running for office. It's just... It's, it's, it's a Kanye marketing machine. It's, it's, it's all, so it's all coordinated against... 100%. 
Hundred uh, percent, and and that includes CAA, the rapper. I mean, Chance the Rapper also. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, here's my question. But is the tape gonna be weak again? Because the yes. last two tapes was yes. weak. Yes. Yeah, I don't yes. have no faith in it. Yes. Yes. It's gonna be bad. The gospel joint was bad. The I'm bipolar, whatever was bad. Pablo was pretty good. Like that's the last yeah. time he put out something that was pretty good. But like you know, and again, even the I love Jesus now. That's a marketing gimmick. That's that's just that's all it is. Like nobody can tell me this dude but is actually was, saved. But was. The messed up part is it. That's the part that hurts my feelings. It's like it's so transparent, but it seems to work every time. It, it does work. So, so, so in the, in the same vein, four years ago, we thought a reality TV guy with a catchphrase was also that he could get higher ratings <laughs> on his next show. Next thing you know, the motherfucking president of the United States. So my question again is, should we be taking this serious? No, Not no. him, but this. No, but you got to remember, Trump will love Kanye, man. Ah, uh, I mean, except for the ones that hate his guts, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like, 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 nah, like the the white, like, there's some white people that love Kanye. There's a faction, right? But like, you wouldn't say white people love Kim Kardashian, right? There's no. a, perhaps a faction, but we would so, not Bo, say. Let me that. take that back. Teenagers and young white males love Kanye. I guess, yeah. I think, I think there's twenty five and under crowd. Yeah, but it, are, those, those people, yeah, but those people don't vote. You know what I'm saying? And so the thing with Trump is Trump started this when you're supposed to start it, right? Like Trump started this in 2015 and did the whole election cycle thing. You can't just jump up in July and be like, no. I'm running for president. He can't even get on the ballot in half states. No, he's he yeah. he's done. And, and, you know, and the crazy thing is this is what Kanye's kind of always traditionally been good at was getting people to look at him, talk about him, trying to be a lightning rod, controversial. And a lot of people um don't realize that and without betraying any confidences, like if you talk to people who been around Kanye or know stuff about Kanye, a lot of this shit that seems off the cuff was performed, was premeditated, was done for the express purpose of getting people excited or riled up. A lot of the, a lot of the sort of stances that he example? took, when, like when when he first came out and he was doing the conscious back rapper, backpacker, blah 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 shit, that was a put on. That was fake. That was that was fake from the start. He knew what he was doing. He's like, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna pair it with the um, consumerism, materialism that rappers already do, and I'm gonna corner the market on both sides, which effectively he did. Like even when he's rapping on Pablo and he's talking about the old Kanye, he knew that shit was fake. He's just saying, I know what y'all wanted. I Watch, gave that Jer to you at Jer the time. Your face is not feeling you right now. Wait, nah, you, thought just, the, you thought the old Kanye was a real thing? No, nah, I mean, it's more of a realization. It's like, well, damn, if that's not really dude, then we have no idea who this human being is. No, like, I think we do. Back, so, like, who is he? No, like he's this. Thing. He's this. I just think he used to package this in a different way. And it was a way that we kind of, we could get behind, right? Yep. Like, we could get behind him talking about, oh, I'm an outcast in the rock. They don't like me because I wear pink polos. He, oh, he been victimizing himself from the freaking beginning, bro. Then it was the fashion people that didn't like. Like, Jay-Z didn't freaking give me 20 tickets to the car. Like, he's been, he's always done this shit, but he did it in different forms now because he knows he always has to flip it. Like, the people going to get tired of this one strain of, you know, bitching about stuff. And then he always changes it up, but he's running out of ideas that aren't completely a Offensive. Like it to the point where he said slavery was a choice, and it was just like, all right, bro. Yeah, I remember when when he was on Punked, 
Did anybody remember that? Yes. He was on Punk, and then like they kept trying to give him a hard time, like they couldn't shoot the video or whatever. And then at some point he steals the camera and he runs around. They go, I got your camera now. And he's like a child. And I said, that's who he is right there. It's exactly who he is. His voice all high pitched and whiny. <laughs> it was just everything about it is like he's an impetu, uh, uh, like a petulant little child. Bro. Who, uh, yeah, well, I was assuming the sanity that I'm not willing to give him credit for. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I do think that at points this has been very calculated, right? But I also think at some point there was some level of a break. Like, mm. this is this is not this is just simply just doesn't appear to be a well person. I think, and, and, and there's absolutely something to that. Uh, after all of these years of, and he's somebody who dove first, head first into the fame monster, the Hollywood game, the, like, he, do, he like, no, I want all of it. Give it to me. And then he got it, and it, you know, it might have messed him up. Like, yo, and, and this is not to get weird about it, but, like, the way he sort of paints the picture of his dad who's been in his life his whole life, but if you just paid attention to his music or, you know, just, like, how he's talked about his dad, you would think that he was raised by a single mom, doesn't know his dad, blah, 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 blah. Like, his dad has been there the whole time. Like, he's been crafting some type of narrative from the start. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like from the start, he's been doing this shit. And to Bo's point, like, obviously, I think he's definitely dealt with the side effects of just being ridiculously famous and black. Um, and he's dealt with the side effects of that. And, and obviously, he hasn't responded too great. But I'm just I'm just tired of falling for the fucking gaffle, man. This dude is a fucking joke. Yeah, here's one for you, though. I wrote about this briefly. I didn't expound upon it. I wrote about when uh, Pablo came out, but. It all went downhill for him when he moved to L.A., right? Oh, like, Yeah, like, L.A. ruins everything. LA, yeah, L.A. swallows people up. Like, L.A. swallowed up Sly Stone, for example. Kanye has blamed L.A. for his mama dying, right? Basically, the idea of getting out there and getting, you know, getting caught in that. She goes and has plastic surgery, and then it goes downhill. Like, L.A., at his level of fame and with what his insecurities and ambitions were, L.A. tore his ass up, man. It ain't for, it ain't for the weak hearted, bro. Because when you move here, Drake got specifically a bar that says, "Man, welcome to Hollywood. Don't let the city ruin you." And I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a LA native, but we don't see that type of side most of the time. And I got a chance to actually meet this dude. When was that? I mean, 2017. Who? Kanye. Oh yeah, yeah, to, yeah. And he like threw me off because he was really polite. He was letting me talk like I'm thinking this dude is rude. He's going to be just trying to like over talk people. Um, but it was also like he had the the 40 year old soccer white woman voice. You know what I mean? And that was blowing me because like, I, <laughs> you know, I had been listening to his music since a freshman year of college. Oh, four. You know what I mean? And I was just like, yo, this is the yay. And then this dude is just like. Well, uh, you know, quite he's talking like that whole D-Ray skit voice and like kind of like laughing but stopping. And I'm just like, this is real animated. Um, but then he just stares awkwardly. Like it was just a lot of shit that was going on that just kind of bugged me out that I really didn't because I thought I was going to enjoy that moment. And it wasn't really as great as I thought it would be. That's stares awkwardly, is it? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you know the one where he went to the Met Gala and he's just looking and then he just stopped smiling. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was it. It was like because he just 
we were talking and not uh, a couple of my buddies like baited him into that circle. He was nowhere near close to us. And it was like one of those cartoons where people just keep getting closer and then they find their way into the circle. Like they start talking about um, 444. This is actually when 444 came out and they were saying it loud enough where he kind of found his way into the circle. And then like at that time, the dude would the dude that was like pro Kanye and just like ah, da, 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 da. Kanye is great. And he's like standing right here. And I'm like and I was like, what do you think about 444? And he's like, well, Jay, you know, Jay's Jay. Like, you know what I mean? Like and he had nothing bad to say. And this is at the time. This is at the peak of the. Yeah, but then he had the nerve to like the problem. But he had the nerve to plug no more parties in LA. Like, I, you know, Kendrick had the best verse and da da da. And my song was this. And I'm like, how did we get here? (laughs) How did we get here, bro? Like, what are we really talking about right now? But like, I'm still kind of in my head, I'm in fan mode because I'm like, holy, oh shit, this is Kanye West. Like, we're here. And then the dude that's really like pushing hard for him says, oh, Andre 3000 is trash. And then Kanye steps back like, whoa, uh, Andre inspired 808s. You know what I mean? So the fan was like, huh? But he's a young dude, so I kind of expected that type of answer. Yeah, yeah, I about to say, who are these people that you hanging out with? Nah, it wasn't my, it wasn't my people. Okay. Like, <laughs> I ain't going to put them out. I ain't going to put them out there. But they, oh, from, they from another country up, up north. You know what I'm saying? That don't, that don't explain none of no, that. It no, don't, it, don't, it don't give them a pass, <laughs> but it just it explained that they was on some bullshit and they just yes, man. But that was, yeah, that was God awful for him. And then the fact that Kanye even just doubled back and was like, yo, 3K is nice to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, honestly, y'all all should have just walked away from whoever those people were and just let them. Oh, stay. yeah, nah, that was easy call. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't hard. It wasn't. Whole it crew should have just departed. Like Kanye <laughs> just looked at him and just walked away. Like, that, like that's the <laughs> Nah, he wanted to get he wanted to hear it all. It was one of those barbershop moments for him to actually be around some real black people. <laughs> um, you know, because we're, 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 how much, how much, how much, of, how much are we, what were you so, going to say? Like, how, how, no, I was going to say, how much of what's happening to Kanye is from a dearth of black people around him? I don't think he has too much influence. I, I think a lot of it is that. <laughs> and, and so, not, but the only way you can be Kanye and not have no black people around you is if you don't want no black people around you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like Freddie Gibbs live in Calabasas. He somehow still find white people. I mean, black people. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> and, and, and also is, is not just not having black people around you, but like you can surround yourself with black people who also only know that Calabasas Hidden Hills crowd, right? Like having black people who are like three degrees separated from somebody who makes you know, 50 G's a year or 40 G's a year working a job. Like if you don't know, and if you, if you only around people who are completely separated from that reality of America, then yeah, I'm, I'm going to be I'm, suspicious of what your perspective becomes. I, I'm glad you brought that up was because I, I was talking to a friend who works for an NBA team and this friend was telling me, you know, you know, obviously with what's happened, they've had a lot more conversations about diversity. And my friend was asking how do I explain to the white people at my job that diversity doesn't just mean any black person? <laughs> because sometimes some of, these black pe- some of these black people be actually be worse for diversity mm. uh, than if you had just put a white a white person in that role. And so, <laughs> both because you're eloquent with these sort of things, uh, how does one explain to white people that 
you know, some black people are more damaging in those roles. Or should we even be doing that? Should we just oh. be happy that black people are getting jobs? Nah, 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 nah. That's a large point to it, right? Like, right. <laughs> like, like there is a large point. I think the first thing you need to explain, and this is what white people have to understand in these things is, if you are looking for a black person that's as close to being like a white person as possible, you're doing it wrong. And that that that's kind of number one where it goes. Like if you're looking for a black person that you don't have to think about them being black, then you're not you're not doing it right. You know what I mean? Like you just try to make it easy on yourself. That to me is the big part. So look, if you're good at a job, the job can be done and you are qualified and you are a capable person to do that job, okay, got you. But if you read in like the court cases on diversity and stuff like that, the way that the way that they rationalize it at all points is that diversity is better for the larger product. That diversity is ultimately better for white people. Like the only reason that any diversity initiatives actually get pushed through is because somebody has convinced white people that this is actually good for you. But it can only be good for you if it is legitimately diverse, right? Now it is pathetic that the way that you have to make this argument is you have to explain how it's ultimately going to serve white people, right? Like that's its own problem. But if you just get a black person that's just like a white person, then you don't actually get the service that we're talking about. And I'm sure there's some people like, what do you mean, like a white person? You know damn well who I'm talking about right I'm- now. It's not the easiest thing in the world to articulate, <laughs> but I described it already. If you were getting a black person that you get, so you don't have to think about the fact that they black. That's the person that I'm talking so, to. Yeah, so, don't so don't the, the hire O.J. Simpson is what Bumpani's trying to say. <laughs> but, 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 but no, I'm talking about something a little different because, see, O.J. was wild because O.J. absolutely gave you black. He just also disliked black people like just like y'all did, you know, just like they did. You know what I mean? But if it's just like, yo, he's just, you know, I don't see color when I talk to him. Then we got a problem. Like they right. saw color when they saw O.J. They just really liked him. Right. I, I, I I, I, w- I would put it, how do you toe the line uh, of communicating that without going Rob Parker, right? Because that's that's the other side of that, like, you, you turn into, oh, are you trying to say so-and-so isn't black enough? And then, oh, black people aren't a monolith, and, and you get all those arguments. And we all know what we're trying to say, but again, how do you avoid falling in that, in that pit hole? Yeah, again, that's what I'm saying. If the black person that we're talking about is someone that you want to be around mostly because of your own comfort level, then you're probably doing this the wrong way, right? If that person is coming in and not offering you a perspective that is not, that is already present in the room, then you're doing, then there's no point, right? At that point, all you're doing is checking the box. And that's no judgment on who this person is that we are talking about. But if that person is just a replication of everybody else, it's like so like The Bachelor, right? They went and got The Black Bachelor. The Black Bachelor seems exactly like all the other bachelors mm. that they've ever had. The only difference is that he's black. They that's didn't bring it. no real niggas in there, bro. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, but like even like, yo, like we we know some real cats who happen to become stockbrokers, you know, play college football, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But this dude fits a much different template. Like, like the template that he fits is kind of very particular. And again, looks exactly the same as all the other people. They didn't diversify the bachelor. They just got a black one, but kept everything else the same. And that's what he rushed doing, a white frat. It's not going to work. Braxton hard to breathe. Right, right, right. Yeah. He rushed a white, a, a white he frat. He rushed a that's, white frat. That's, that's, that's exactly the, it. And you know what's so crazy? You know who's an interesting sort of counterexample of this is, is Barry. 
is that he knew how to make those Harvard people so comfortable, but he could also go to a black church and they could be like, all right, this, this, this brother, all right, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he knew how to do both things so well, but, but like not- they're going to hire the Barry that doesn't know how to do the black right. church part. But Obama you know how had but, but also, do you know how? Because he hung around black people. And I think that to me that was the only metric. Well, he had I could to do the, he had to do the knowledge in Chicago. He, the, he yeah, that was his a, other master's program. That, that was that was that was the the only metric I could explain without getting into not black enough is say if you pick a black person who doesn't uh, affiliate or associate with black people in any way, then that's not the person. Yeah, but diversity. the thing with Obama that's wild though is that I don't think he had any of his familiarity with black people until he got to Chicago. Yeah, facts, right? Yeah. You ain't gonna meet him in Hawaii or Kansas at Occidental, like at Harvard. You come across a couple of them at Columbia, right? You know, but like this is where you're gonna get that immersion. And he got there. I mean, look, he, he knew if he wanted to be the president of the United States, he wasn't gonna be able to get it done just strictly being around white people. That's maybe the most savvy thing that he came to understand was I'm going to need some real black people bona fides. That's not to say that black people are simply like a prop for him, but I'm sure he thought long and hard about what church he was going to go to before he ultimately became a member. You know, he hit some of them Chicago runs with that awkward shot. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, they thought he was a bro off the rip. You know what I'm saying? And picked him up and, you know, picked up some slang hooping in Chicago. I mean, that's that's how he met his wife. Right. Like with through through Craig Robinson. So. Yeah, but I want to know, like, I want to hear Obama's stories about trying to act like he really knew Chicago and winded up on the wrong block, right? Like, there had to be a couple times <laughs> where, where Obama, like, I mean, I feel like all of us have had they a moment. They probably made that Chicago. boy fix his hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. A like, times. Straight ahead, dog. Straight ahead. <laughs> Put that shit straight ahead. Don't be trying, trying to be cool. This ain't, this ain't the way to impress them. Do not show, that's not how you show them how down you are. Not here. Keep your hands in your pockets. Anything could be a side in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but he had to do it. And he did it, you know, um, ultimately. Kudos but I think, but, but for real, though, I, I think that's what you guys are getting at. It's uh, it's just a matter of comfort, man. Like, it, it, if you're a white person and you just, you, <laughs> you have never had to consider the blackness of this black person that you could, like, you've never even had to think about it. You've never been like, damn, like, oh, you went to that restaurant or, oh, you went to like, or, oh, your family's from, oh, like you never even had to think about this shit. Yeah. You need to get back to the drawing board. <laughs> In fact, you know what? That's a great way to talk about the diversity thing you brought up. It just hit me. If y'all ain't got to change the way y'all talk because he in the room, then you're not really changing. Exactly. He's in the room. Yeah, the, 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 really code the code switch is everything, bro. <laughs> Like if y'all can, if you can talk about black people in front of him the same way, yes. <laughs> y'all ain't doing this right. You're right. The people in Chicago were animals. <laughs> no, seriously. Why can't they stop killing each other? I don't. I don't understand those Negroes. Oh man. Uh, I told you. Um, <laughs> ah. Talking about erectile dysfunction is so hard. Not hard in a good way. Hard in the way you won't don't want it to be. Usually we just brush it off and blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost me banjo. But we avoid it altogether. Excuses like, I had a long day at work, honey. Or sorry, I'm just not feeling it. 
But here's the deal. It doesn't have to be hard in the bad way. It could be hard in the good way with Roman because it's easy to talk about it. And with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet for you to get back to being hard as opposed to doing hard. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Doctor is going to work with you to find the best treatment plan. Medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Whole process is straightforward, simple, discreet. Getting started is even simpler. Just go to Roman. Get Roman. Just go to getroman.com/bom and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle. Now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M today. If approved, you'll get $15 off of your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Make it hard on your significant other for a change. Kind of, this is a question that I bring up a lot on the pod when I ask people. I might have asked you this last time you were on, but I'm going to ask you again. Within that context, when it comes to supporting uh, black content, so we're at a time right now where every content house is buying up anything black that they can get their hands on, right? And so a, a portion of that, I don't know whether it's big or small, but it's going to be trash, right? <laughs> Do you feel an obligation, Bo, that we should save our criticisms of black content into kind of more private spheres, right? Like uh, the example I always bring up is like, well, I thought Atlanta was a very good show. I, you know, I felt like the most remarkable thing about it was that it got made, not the actual content. The content itself wasn't innovative or groundbreaking uh, in terms of the story. Like these are all stories that I've said it before. I think I could have told these stories, but I don't think I could have got that show made. And that's the respect level I give to Donald Glover is that he got it made and unadulterated, right? Right. It came as pure as he wanted it to be. Um, But I felt bad kind of saying those things out loud because people are like, man, ain't but like a handful of these shows anyway. Like just save the criticism for, for basically circles like this. Do you feel like that's something like that's, that's something like Tyler Perry stuff, for instance, well, okay, should so we- yeah, I'm careful about Tyler Perry because no, I do not think that we should necessarily reserve the criticism, right? I do think though, for certain things, we have to put them in context. So my thing about Tyler Perry is, it ain't my bag, right? A big part of why it's not my bag is I didn't grow up going to church, right? Like, there's a level of relating to that content that I just can't do. Like I was many moons ago engaged to a woman, and she is like square in the middle of the Tyler Perry audience. Like she's an educated woman, well traveled, all of those things, right? But her upbringing and her circles is like right there, you know. Like that's that's their bag. Um, I don't like the stuff. I think it's simple. I think it is actually problematic at points. But I think the problem with the Tyler Perry stuff becomes people are judging the audience more than they are judging the content. Like it comes off as being like, like there's a real class bias. And like you can say you don't like it without having to make a sport out of talking about mm. how much it is that you don't like it. And so if it's something I don't like, I'm going to just say it. Like I ain't have no reservations about trash and empire. 
when that was on TV, and I don't feel like nobody else hey, had no reservation nah, about trashing hey, that shit. Real, it was real niggas, class, real niggas, trash empire every day. I dude. used to watch it every week with a hashtag Bo hates empire because I couldn't figure out why <laughs> I was still watching it. Right, it was so bad that I just kept wanting to see what the next horrible thing was that I was going to see on it. So no, nah, man, if it's bad. It's okay to say that it's bad. Now, what I thought was interesting, like, did you see that? I think it was in Variety. That woman wrote that review of uh, what, whatever the, the Kenya Bears Netflix show with the the oh, Black AF show. Black as fuck, yeah. yeah, and I haven't seen the show, but the review was so scathing. Mm. And what seemed to ultimately happen was that he was going for something that was more satirical, and she took it very literally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like they like I didn't find anybody who disliked the show as much as the review, and the review almost it it felt almost like the writer was so like, was upset that she didn't like the show. I think it was a, she, I mean, he or she, right. But it was so upset that he or she did not like the show and then just railed on it. Right. Like, I don't think that you should do that where you take it extra personal because there's a person of color who does, the sh- you know, who does the thing and you don't like it, but no, no, no. We can't be out here lying because the problem is we get out here lying about this stuff. They're just going to give us more of it. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and I kind of have two, I have two sort of, modes of thinking on this like for the most part I, don't, I won't feel comfortable you know um talking greasy about a black person who isn't tommy like if, if you mm-hmm. if you uncle tommy in public i'm not gonna have a problem talking shit about you in public but outside of that i'm not except unless you actually reach a stratosphere of success for instance like Michael B. Jordan, I have no problem calling him bad. He's bad. Yo, he's right. freaking bad. He's bad. He's bad. You hate Michael he's B. Jordan. Bad. He's bad. He's bad. But so he's so like this man could get movies I, made at this point. Like he's he's a made man. So I don't Waz, feel bad what, talking crazy about him. With y'all, bro? Did he's, y'all bad. Ever he's, bad. he's bad. He's bad. He's bad. He's bad. Everybody on this panel has somebody. It's a mean with Donald Glover. You and Michael B. Jordan. I forgot who Jerv don't really fool with like that. Mine is Larry Fishburne. Wow. <laughs> personal. Wow. Hold on. Wait a second. This one. Yeah, oh, we need to know. Oh, we need oh, to know oh, the backstory. All right, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the backstory. It's actually a long and winding backstory. No, we need it. We need it. We need it. So many years ago, shit, man, it's almost 20 years ago now, but I was living in California and I was uh, like, I was doing movie reviews and stuff like that. So I was getting to go to junkets and do interviews and stuff. Like, in fact, I went to many a junket and screening uh, when Ava DuVernay was a publicist. Like, mm, that's when wow. I met her was in that way. And so do you remember that movie Biker Boys? Yes. yes. Oh, that movie was awful. All right. So, yeah, I went to the junket for Biker Boys because they sent me to interview Lisa Bonet. Right. Mm. Like that's, that was the person that I was there to talk to. And boy, let me tell you. Um, nah, I mean, that feels unfair to say, but I'm going to just say, man, she was she had some high-minded thoughts, boy. Uh, anyway, so oh wow, I accidentally gave the game away. There it is. Anyway, so I'm there for the junket, but I'm not really. The, I'm, I'm there for one reason, right? So I'm just kind of going around to the different tables just to do it, and so I wind up at a at at, at a Fishburne's table. And I didn't really have anything I wanted to talk to him about. Like, no disrespect, but I just didn't. And I'm just kind of minding my own business sitting at the table. And then at some point. Old buddy was like, you got a question? And I looked at him, and I came up with something. Like, I don't remember what it was, but, you know, I thought it was a fairly thoughtful question. He hit me with like a, no. 
and then moved on. Why you even do that to me in the first place? Right? Like, I'm over here minding my own business. What I should have asked them was, why ain't you take no witch hazel with you to the future? That's what I should have asked them. Right? Out there. How in the world, all this technology, all this stuff y'all got in the Matrix, and you still got razor bumps, right? Like, I don't even understand. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, you're a sick dude. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think that's an appropriate question, right? Maybe the problem is make a movie with the white filmmakers. They didn't consider that. They don't They don't get razor bumps like we get razor bumps. Right, so they right. just get to a place where they Shouts thought about it. Hazel. Yeah, but anyway, universe got him back. God don't like ugly. Oh man, oh, that is man. fantastic. The father wow. of Montana Fishburn. I just thought that what he said to me was unnecessary. I just, I just that's, that was. You, I, but what do you think that was posit, though? Yeah, like was he like, posit? oh, you were the young black cat, and he felt like, you know, he had to like. Get the was black, he the African like, American make sure studies you were doing professor? Your job or something? I don't yeah, even was, understand. Was he the African American studies professor who picks on the black student harder than everybody else? There, there, brother, you gotta know. There was no warmth. There was no warmth. It just, it just felt real, real, real unnecessary. Real, real, real unnecessary. Now he out here working behind Anthony Anderson. You think 15 years ago, Larry Fishburne ever thought that he would be getting second fiddle to Anthony Anderson? No, no. And Anthony no. the homie, by the way. So, like, I'm not docking him. I'm just saying, yeah. humble yourself, Larry Fishburne. Humble yourself. <laughs> I, lo I love how you call him Larry because you don't want to be called Larry anymore. <laughs> you know right? what? I need to stop doing that because he wants to be called Lawrence. And I respect the fact that the man wants to be called Lawrence. I also feel like he's put us all over the years in a very uncomfortable situation, which is some things are supposed to be very serious and some movies are supposed to be very serious and when some things are at the center of a movie the movie is not supposed to turn into a physical comedy and once upon a time in the 1990s Lawrence Fishburne was in a very famous movie the title of which you will probably guess that handled very very serious themes and then next thing you know somebody breaks out some cake and that's not how that movie was oh supposed to be. Oh, my goodness. That's not, that, that, tell, oh me, my tell me that's not the most tone-deaf moment in movie history. Right? And it's not my fault. It's the fault of the filmmaker. Because I'm not the only person that feels this way. Y'all all scared to death right now. No, no. I'm not the one that made the movie. I'm not. I don't just completely. I, 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 nah, I don't it's even never, remember what movie. What movie is this? He's talking about what love man? got to do with oh, it. And he's man. saying that. Yeah. that you that's not had that reaction that you had to a movie scene that ends with a woman getting punched in the face. Right. Like, yeah. The, the, like the, the the cake part was maybe me, not received in the way that it was intended to be received. Let me say, <laughs> let me say it right now. Domestic violence is disgusting. It has no place in society. I do not condone it. There is never a reason to ever put hands on a woman. Ike Turner's history with Tina Turner was very, you know, shocking and, and kind of and and skin crawling and all those things. To this day. I cannot watch that scene without cackling and laughter. And that's that is a failure of the filmmaker, right? And although to be fair to, to Lawrence, I went to see the Tina Turner Broadway show. And I don't remember who the dude was who played Ike Turner, but apparently there's no way to play Ike Turner without making people Hold laugh. On. Did he play Ike Turner or did he play Lawrence Fishburne playing Ike Turner? No, he played Ike at this Turner. point. 
at this point, like, I can't even, like, I know what Ike Turner looks like, but if you say Ike Turner, the first thing I think of is Lawrence Fishburne in that wig yeah. with the w- water splashed in his face and the glasses kind of half off. You know? yeah. <gasps> <laughs> he played his old Ike Turner, but it's still, I was like, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to chuckle at this man. Like, it would be, a hair, it's always a hairpin turn when I get all these scenes. Something funny, whoa, wait a minute, this just got violent. <laughs> and that's not my fault. That is not my fault. That's bad acting and bad directing. And they nominate him for an Oscar for that. Think about what they're saying about us as a people that they nominated Lawrence Fishburne for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I think Bo might have a bigger grievance with, with, with Fishburne than I do with um, Michael B. Jordan. But it's it's earned. You actually had a terrible personal interaction with the dude. Like, I've obviously never met Michael B. Jordan. I just... Don't think he's good at his job. Well, well I got string a bell too. Oh yeah, you do. Oh, <laughs> you, you, don't, do got... you don't like the character. No, you, but it's, it's a... morphed into not messing with Idris Elba either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're beefing on the internet. It's a whole. It's a whole oh, thing no. going. And on. We, haven't, we haven't beefed on the internet. We haven't beefed on the internet. I thought I heard you guys tried to book him for a show. Well, we and tra- the... well Gabe said he tried to book him, and he said no. He actually follows me on Twitter, which is kind of awkward. Um, but like. You're right. Uh, it is really just about the character, except sometimes you got to ask yourself if a man can get that into that character, how much of a difference is there really between like who he is? And you and I feel like you notice, know man, he be in movies playing suckers. That's why he had to. That's why Denzel had to put that one in his dough in American Gangster. And I mean, I got to be honest with you. Um, I had to kind of stop and ask myself, right? Was there another side in a long Walter Friedel? Right? Was there a perspective that maybe I was not considering? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you gotta hear both sides of apartheid. You gotta hear both sides. Never in my life had I considered what the white man was going through in South Africa until I watched a movie. <laughs> I had no idea. You know? Think about it. You've never thought once about what the struggles might have been for them, man. They outnumbered. You know what I'm saying? You're not considering it. All, all it took was Idris Elba to play yes, that role. It made me a it, it broadened my mind. It made me oh, a man. wider thinker. That's crazy. By the way, Bo, thanks a lot. You're the reason why Bun B. I'm, I'm still, every time I go to Houston, I got to look over my shoulder. You did. He was reckless. Hey, man. <laughs> I was talking to Bo. Next thing I know, <laughs> half, half of UGK is, is telling me that they're going to they're gonna hunt me down like chicken. Which, like, is, Wait, which is the craziest thing, I mean, because um, I've actually gotten a chance to talk to Bun B. I spoke to him for like an hour and a half for some shit that I was doing for the company. And he is the nicest freaking dude on planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you the classiest. His, you didn't call his music pleasantly mediocre. <laughs> the classiest, nicest dude that you could ever talk to is Bun B. He's it's crazy. He's great. He's great. It'll be pleasantly mediocre. Crazy. Hey, it's that's it's crazy. nice background music. That's that's East Coast bias <laughs> right on, there. We're not, we not doing like, How are you still doing this in 2020? One, oh, one day, saying, one day, by the way. Hater, I asked, one day, I asked you permission. What? I just asked you permission to, to be critical of black content, man. You know what? One day, because one we had a um we had an East Coast, West Coast thing on here back when we first started, um, me and Amin versus Trey and Justin Tinsley about West Coast rap, East Coast rap. We did the whole fight. We need to bring Bo on here so he could um, denigrate East Coast music and um, you know do a Southern thing. 
But I, I'm, hey, a East, hey, but I'm a generally East Coast rap fan, man. That's what I came up on. I actually got more into the South in college than when I was in high school. High school, it was all East Coast stuff. And then you know what happened? I got to Atlanta. And you know what was going on while I was in Atlanta? People like me were moving to Atlanta. And that fortified. <laughs> and by the way, this is all the same time period. Like It's just a wonder that I did not actually meet him. Because people like him are, will turn me into the patriotic Southerner that I am. <laughs> Hey, Bo, I got your back. I was, you know, I, I got your back, yo, man. I'm, I'm, yo, I'm, uh, I'm yo, my, my, my daddy's side is uh, H-Town. So. Okay. I'm, I moved to um, Central PA for school, and I had never met Eagles fans in my whole life. So there were Steelers fans and Eagles fans there. And Steelers fans are nice, classy, reserved. They just love the team, the tradition. They know how to act. Eagles fans are the most obnoxious people on planet Earth. And I, I swore them as my mortal enemy just from having to live amongst them. Hold once that up, happened, it was hold over up. for y'all, Jerv. I, 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 once up. I had to live with y'all, I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah, we are the most misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, oh, when y'all threw batteries at Santa Claus, y'all was misunderstood? Dude, that is the most, <laughs> that's the oldest story ever. Homie was like, there was no Santa Claus. The Santa Claus backed out. They got somebody from the stands. He was skinny. He was drunk. Everybody was already waiting 10, 15 minutes, bruh. Like, it's all so you were Santa like, Claus trooper. There's two sides to every story. I'll say this. I was not, and I should not say this, but it's all good. I, I was not upset with Michael Irvin. When people applauded Michael wow. Irvin. All right. Okay. Yeah, see? Yeah, so this All is, right. I mean, yeah. This is you cleaning up. This is his rap. But, like, it was yeah, yeah, just, yeah, 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 Jerry. Just, bro, like, we was, the, it's over. Thank you. The man I'm happy to be good, though. The yeah. man left a football field with a neck brace on, Jerv. Like, on a what the on a stretcher. Turned out, he turned out okay, right? Um, <laughs> he never played again. Oh, no, 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 I mean, hey, listen, he, he, he's, still, he, he's, still getting, he's still getting to his bag, as Trey said earlier. Disgusting, like I said. Yeah. Misunderstood, right. bro. We just want to win. Blue collar town. Hold <laughs> on. Can I ask this question? And I just have to ask it. And maybe I should have waited, but like, it's been a long time since I've seen the homie Jerv. Saw you one time in Bristol. I think that in person saw you that one time in Bristol. Yeah. Have you always looked like Suge Knight? Is this something new? <laughs> like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Give me all this Suge back then. <laughs> <laughs> but not, I, had, I had hair back then. Okay. Hey, he had he yo he had he had the wavy um Albie Shore type of hair too, Bo. So he was completely oh, okay. completely different cat. I was I was taking notes when y'all were talking when Amin was talking about the uh, the new procedures. As soon as the bag comes, I'm, I might look into that. I need to get yo, my youth back. Dog, you got to do like me, man. And me right now, man. We just doing it, dog. Oh, we no. Like this, whatever. This, this is all going right here. In the oh, middle. yeah. Never so, mind. I'm <laughs> George Jefferson. I'm good. Yeah, I misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Yeah, from what, from what it was, Jerv, I always thought you looked like Jeffrey Wright. So, yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle I, Phil I, too. I he didn't got the Uncle Phil. Nah, he, Uncle no, Phil. Uncle Phil is definitely there for sure. Yeah, I got some Uncle Phil going. It's cool too. though, Jerv. You. You and Bo, you and Bo is like top ten bald niggas, bro, in the world. <laughs> I listen, man. I told y'all come on home. Yo, man, Yo. the ball delegation is not happy with me right now. <laughs> They're not. Wait, happy nah, you was talking that fly shit though on, on the internet. Nah, they misunderstood. Like my, 
they thought that like I from this fall. angle though, you look like you could get some shit off right now. Like yeah, you see, could honestly like act like you got the dreads going or something. No, that's what I'm shit. saying. They thought I was bald rather than simply having a receding hairline. And so they didn't expect that I could make the rest of this happen. Right. And so I ain't gonna lie. So you're no longer a brother. Oh. You're no longer a brother. That's a dick. And I realized you that I could do this because they do it all the time. You know what it's called? It's called a Jada Kiss situation. All this yeah. time we thought Jada Kiss was bald, and then one day he yeah, shows no, up. No, no, except Jada Kiss's situation is still straight. <laughs> like, I saw him, and I was like, yo, man, that wasn't cool what you did. Like, I told him this. <laughs> he, just, he didn't even laugh about it. He was just like, yeah, I told him that, you know, they're going to be bald. I'm going to have hair, and then they're going to be bald. And then he came out, and he did that. I'm not in the same boat as him. Nah. Like, I got some real receding. Bo, 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 we not, Bo, we not praising. We not praising. Uh, the Nintendo 64 uh, hairline that he has. The, <laughs> like somebody did to Beijing and just airbrushed that shit over there and said, all right, get up, bro. Yeah, I will not cheat. I refuse to cheat. I oh, got yeah. pride. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of nobody, bro, like that. Attaboy. Uh, but you guys mentioned Uncle Phil a minute ago, so this leads us <laughs> to the last topic of the day. Of course, we got to talk about it. Everybody's talking about it. The word entanglement. It's the oh. word of the summer, right? <laughs> forget about COVID, forget about civil unrest, forget about, you know, the election and, and voter suppression. None of that matters. All that matters is that Jada was an entanglement with Alga Sassina and Will said an entanglement. And then we got 700 remixes of that, that clip. Um, in the vein of criticizing black content, <laughs> I just don't understand the need to turn your Personal, the, the most personal of your personal business into content. So, Bo, I ask you the hypothetical. If you were in a situation where you and your significant other had taken a break and then the significant other, she went on and had an affair with someone else and it blew up and, and blew up in a way that it was implied that it wasn't a break, it was an open marriage, would you feel compelled to put out content addressing it? No, do not brand your marriage. Moral of the story, do not brand your marriage. That was what I thought the whole time they were sitting up there. Do not brand your marriage. And I personally, myself, a, every, every, I don't know. I, I, I saw a lot of people whose strength, I'll say, that I guess I admire to a degree. Because I don't know if I would be at the point of being able to sit up with my wife and we could laugh about when my middle-aged wife was getting down with this 22-year-old dude. Like, I don't care if we was on a break or not. This is not something that we necessarily need to talk about. And while I know he has hinted about it for a very long time, props to August Alcina, because there's no way in the world it would have took this long for y'all to find out a 22-year-old me had been sleeping with Jada Pinkett. <laughs> there's no way in the world. Everybody would have known about that. I, there's no way in the world I would have been capable of keeping it myself. I'd have made a whole bunch of phone calls that would have started with don't tell nobody and then ended with all right, I got to call somebody else. And it would be the same <laughs> phone call over and over again. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, 22 is, is, that's a lot to ask of a 22-year-old to, to, to keep that under wraps. Um, especially, you know, it's not like, it's not like he came out and he was Michael Jackson. Like he, he had some moderate success and then he gets to be with Jada Pinkett Smith, who's clearly an icon legend, all of that, you know, more successful than he is, all of that stuff. But at the same time, man, like the fact that he went on Angela Yee's couch, start snitching. And then Jada was just like, fuck it. I'm a snitch on myself. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't think. Yeah. Put it but in the memoir. Up. Here's the so, thing, though. She messed up, though, when she made herself like a guru type with that red table because now mm, once this happened, she mm. didn't. She basically had to do it. But I ain't got to go out there with you. 
If yeah. I so, okay. That, that, that's that that's a great a point because someone said to me, no, but that's the that's the brand of the show. That show's yeah. on brand and that they have uncomfortable conversations about relationships, about family, whatever. And I said, that may well be, but I have no obligation to put myself through the same thing. It's just like Joe Rogan hosts um, Fear Factor. That doesn't mean he's got to go through Fear Factor. This idea like, oh, well, I have this show. I have to do it. Like, no, you don't. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. And, so, and, it, and again, I have to go out there with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I saved the I mean, world. my takeaways from it was she is a wizard with her words, for one, right? Wizard. The fact that she could even just pull entanglement out of her ass on this one, right? <laughs> Instead of just admitting whatever the fuck it was. But she also was doubling up her lies, right? So the divorce rumors, 2016, 2017, right? But she said she hadn't talked to August in like four years. Well, August was on Red Table Talk in 2018. That's two years. Secondly, <laughs> Will and Jada both had a nickname for this nigga, calling him Aug. That bugged me out. Um, obviously, I know he kind of served as whatever he was supposed to be to that family. What cool, but you, you you know, during that break time, you blowing my wife's back out, that nickname's out the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm you saying? Are, you are dude. You are fucking dude. Yeah, <laughs> little, you, you little buddy. <laughs> yo, <laughs> oh boy, right? <laughs> so they're way too comfortable having this conversation, right? And then also, he, whatever, whatever type of bar he was trying to get off to say that Will gave him permission to do this, right? And then obviously, Will says, well, that's not true and dumbs it down and says, well, I didn't get permission. But then Jada jumps in and tries to do the, the pro-woman thing. And Feminist. Says, I don't need permission from anyone. I don't need permission. I can do this on my own, which is cool. But you just got that off on your husband. You know what I'm saying? You the one who didn't take care of the situation. Because I'm sure during this open relationship, y'all had an agreement to communicate. And now you're making it seem like you don't have to play by those rules anymore. And then I think that, you know, obviously jokes are going to fly and, and the memes have been flying. Like I know everybody's seen the Will Smith where he looks like he's crying for hours and it says, did you suck his dick? That's one thing that one man <laughs> never on, has to man. want to deal Come with. On, like, you can blow my wife's back out, but don't suck Come his on. dick, bro. <laughs> Cause that's, that's the line drawn, right? Because I'm sure. Hold on, watch. I'm sure that entire red table talk. He's thinking about his think about Jada giving top, right? So then another thing. <laughs> the only person, I mean, uh, Will looked like he was very uncomfortable and annoyed that he even had to go through that shit. Like I gotta clean up your shit because you couldn't be tight lipped and keep this young nigga in his place. Cause I'm sure he doing his stuff and I'm sure this is going to come back full circle where he, cause I think he made a funny comment and tried to laugh it off. I'm like, going to get you back. Payback. That nigga really meant that shit. Now, whether it's <laughs> whoever it is, I'm going to go push a T and name no names right. of his jokes right. that he's rumored with. But right. if that shit do come out, she going to have to play that PR part and hold his hand and smile. The wildest things that she said was something along the lines of if it happened inside the house under the same roof, it's all good. No, like, no, 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 That was the wildest thing she, she tried to like. Yeah, how big is this house? <laughs> I don't <laughs> give a damn if it's the size of my roof. Funny thing. I got a, I got, I got a story of this. 
That nigga has the craziest fucking house I ever seen. You know the Jurassic Park shit? Because he lives next to Chloe, bruh. He lives next to Chloe. Kendall and Jaden is actually friends, right? The nigga said, hey, y'all want to come to my house? So we go, but the shit was, nigga, it was a a state with another state to another see, state that, like, so nigga, it's different. you would literally you see, have it's, to it's do different. some like, It's different. It's three houses on the property, yo. Well, not, but I've seen one different. of those. i seen another interview where the nigga was like, obviously, they had jokes where, like, this nigga had been fighting Tupac's ghost for, like, 25 years. <laughs> but he goes in the interview and says, I built this house for you. Could you imagine just... Being, I guess, the most popular fucking movie star at one point in time, going hard, building this amazing house, and then your wife just goes and do that shit. I mean, look, this is this is my yeah. shit with the with the whole thing. Um, everybody like it's always relationship goals of these fucking celebrities who we don't know yeah. shit about. These strangers' relationship goals. I'm just the only thing that I'm happy about the messiness is like, yo, this is actually real life. Like y'all, y'all think these people are living these fairy tale lives? Like this man's, this man Will Smith is like you said was one of the biggest movie stars of all time, and and his wife is you know. Doing what she does, you know, and and probably he's doing what he do. It's just to show, like, I hope she people learn to, from this. She needed to find this herself, shit ain't bro. a fairy tale, man. This shit yeah, is real she life. To that's what, that's herself, what I would bro. hope people Hold would get on. out of this. If, if we're gonna be fair, she she damn near he he damn near admitted to, and she damn near basically said he he's he's done he's done enough. Yeah, like that. You know what I mean? So like, we're gonna be fair. Like, boys, <laughs> he's definitely done his due. Yes, yes. Hey, but it but it ain't out in the streets, big dog. No, no, no. Listen, shout out. Hey, listen, because I ain't got I ain't got no Will Smith in me, bro. Yeah, let me ask. Okay, let me ask this question because I I I think the answer is no. But is it possible to have a, a real open relationship with someone that you have a wife or like a kid's? family situation. No, oh no, it's obviously possible people do it. Is it possible for me to do oh, it? I have a hard time believing it. No. I have I'm, a It's niggas me, getting that off of me. I'm no no no. Open. I'm telling I'm not talking about I'm not talking about uh, I'm an NBA player and my wife knows and I'm on the road, I'm probably messing around, but like as long as I keep it clean, it's all good. I'm talking about we're both me and the wife or, or whatever same sex whatever you want to call it, the, the two significant others are like, yo, we have a family, we have children, and also we have love for one another, but also we have an ability to pursue other relationships. Yeah, I just yeah, don't think that's yeah. possible. I mean, I mean, but this people, it's people circuit, who do it. People it's do people. it. And I and I think another thing that happens too, especially in this industry, is you get a lot of public relations arranged situations where let's just face it, um, one of the participants isn't actually into the other person. No, no, yeah, or I'm not people talking about like those the si- other person. Waz, Waz, I'm not talking about those situations. Oh, you talk okay, okay. You talking I said, about I said, I'm not talking about like we don't really like each other, but we keep up appearances to stay together, or even if it's not even appearances, maybe it's for the kids. Um, but we have no intimacy between. I'm talking about. I love you. I I we, I love you physically, spiritually, emotionally. Also, you have full permission, and I got full permission to go do what I want because I feel like what ends up happening. I say, if you're in a relationship with someone where you truly love each other, 
you give a shit. That that is by definition, you give a shit. So now all of a sudden you don't give a shit when you see them go out. The other thing I always say is it's always cool to have an open relationship until it's the other person. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 like the fact that Will Smith, I'll say the fact that he can handle that the way that he handled it. I, I, I don't know if applaud him is the term that I want to use. I just know I'm not built that way. But Bo, you ride together, you die together. <laughs> bad marriage for life. life. And I was just like, wow. That was the corniest shit I ever seen, but fuck it. That it works corny. for them. Wow. Yes. I, I, I want to talk about this, though. <laughs> wait, wait, Jerv, you like this shit? Jerv from Philly. This is not on. Everything <laughs> Philly is okay with Jerv. That's, uh, it's, 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 I'm, I'm getting off the call right now. No, no, no. You got to stay, because I feel like something that has to be mentioned here is we just been here just kind of shooting the shit, freestyling it, talking about all these different things, and we finally get around to talking about this Red Table Talk. What the people can't see is the homie Trey clearly went to his notes and began giving <laughs> the handy, all his detective work that he had done on the timeline. He had Googled up this red table talk, everything else. And then I'm like, okay, well, maybe it was just to get that time right. Nope. Like two minutes ago, I saw him look back down and be like, nope, I had enough for it. Like, you hey, man, i never seen this show. Listen, Bo, i never seen the show before. And then obviously... I'm like, okay, if I'm going to tap into this one, because for one, you know, we have all type of listeners, right? And people really ride for that show. So I wanted to make sure I did the justice for it at least. Um, and then obviously you, you you joined us. So we I got to go hard sometimes. Sometimes I do Preparation. that. I just Preparation. Love, I just sound like, but, but in 2018, <laughs> I'll, I'll see the that was where I was like, oh, we're here for a ride. Hey, Trey turned into... She said they ain't talked in four years. That's what I was like. Oh, Trey, oh, Trey turned into the cop from Menace to Society. Now, see, earlier you said. Shouts to Bill Duke. Four years. Shouts to Bill Duke. <laughs> now it's two years. You know you done fucked up, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, man, I think that really wraps it up, man. Uh, Bo, thanks so much for, for sharing your time. I, I know you're busy. I know, again, like you said, you back popular on the circuit again, so... Every one of these is is time away from doing something else. So we appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Also, I have to uh, let me uh, plug the Right Time Podcast right fast. You get ready to get your podcast. And I'm only doing it now because I haven't heard him yet because we got to record it tomorrow. But the voice, we do a voicemail segment. We have callers come in and leave their voicemails. And callers will be calling in with their stories of somebody, the time somebody tried to use a word like entanglement. And you was like, what? <laughs> like, when they tried to do it to your face, I can't wait to hear what the people have to say about these stories that have been passed off on them. The funniest meme I think I saw, there were a lot of memes, a lot of songs. The funniest thing I saw was that T.I. is mad that he didn't say entanglement first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that does not have enough syllables and twists and turns for T.I. All right, man. That's going to do it for Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. My name's Amino Hassan. That's John Gervais. That's Big Waz, Black Trey, and our guest, uh, Bomani Jones. Thank you to producer Rob Lopez on the ones and twos. As always, subscribe, like, and share it, and tweet us, and all that stuff. And also, check out Cinephobe, check out Pack Your Knives, check out Count the Dings, all the other feeds.